for a moment you know there are many reasons why we worship the Lord sometimes we worship the Lord because we have received a revelation of his majesty and because of that mighty revelation of God we have received because of that revelation we have received, we cannot but pour out our soul to the Lord in worship. When you see people who struggle with worshiping the Lord, it's because they've not known Him. When you know the Lord, you cannot but worship Him. The owl, the quiver that will fall upon you on account of the excellency that you behold will naturally provoke a worship from your heart. Just the way you see a good car and you don't, you can't but wow. You see sometimes a building or an invention and you've never seen it before. You go like, wow, this is amazing. Is the natural response of the soul to glory and excellence. Now, when you encounter the Lord, what will come out of your spirit will a million times be superior to that exclamation that flows out of your soul when you look at something you've never seen for the first time. So one of the reasons we worship the Lord is because we've had a revelation of His majesty. And so we cannot but respond. That's why the angels, the Bible said in Revelation chapter 4, they fall on their faces. They cast their crown and they say, Holy is the Lord. Every time that glorious being beams from his throne, they just fall from their thrones. And they just become unconscious of who they are. The glory and the majesty. You know, these beings are the most ranking beings in Zion. They sit on 24 thrones surrounding the central throne of the, unit, of the heavens. But when that God appears, they fall from their own throne. They quickly cast their crown. Because what they see, they realize that this one is a joke. So worship is a natural response of creation to the majesty and to the glory of God. So when a man is struggling with worship, what he needs to do is to seek. For more revelation of God. Because the more he knows God, the more he will worship God. And when he begins to grow in that worship, it will go beyond the song. The song is the easiest way to explain in the spirit. But when you begin to grow in worship beyond the song, your worship will come to submission and obedience. Because you cannot imagine yourself going against the laws of this king eternal. It will become natural for you to submit to God. It will become natural for you to seek his ways and to obey him. When that worship begins to grow, it will become natural for you to cast your substance. Nobody will manipulate you to give. 
Giving will become a response to the glory. Because when you give, you 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 know you can't go to a king without carrying something. You nobody you advise yourself. Because you don't know how well to show him what you have in your heart. So you present a substance. And the substance you present is a testimony of your honor to that king. So one of the highest revelations of giving to God is worship. It's not a bargain. Because when you grow in the kingdom, you will discover that he has given to you already all things that pertain to life and godliness. You don't need to bargain with him. Everything you need, you command it. In the realm of kings, we don't bargain. He said, where the word of the king is, there is power. Who can say unto him, what dwells thou? If I need money, I just engage the covenant. And even if I'm not engaging the covenant, I can speak and angels will bring money to me. It's a realm of kings. So when I give to God, it's a revelation of worship. So, worship is a natural response of our revelation of the majesty of God. The second reason why we worship, and there are many of them. I'm just trying to go somewhere, but I don't want to start from where I'm going. So that you don't see that one as the prime. The second reason for worship is to activate your atmosphere and the beings that function in that atmosphere. So when we come to sing, to minister like this, most times we worship God. The reason is because what we do is by an empowerment. And that empowerment is a function of celestial beings that partner with us in order to bring that kind of ministry. The reason you find two, three ministers minister at the same time, but the fragrance and the aroma of God that you touch is different. Is because those are realities in the spirit that are handled by celestial creatures. So when a man wants to minister, he must partner with the beings that carry out that same ministry in the courts of the heavens. If he does not align with that being, he will be talking from his brain and he can't bless men. Because the blessings comes from the realms yonder. If you don't align with those beings and connect with the frequencies that they are moving in, you can't bless the people. You know, there are three kinds of angels that work with me. One of the angels that work with me are angels of fire. So what they do is that they purify the soul. When men hear these things, even if we are talking about love, they will be on fire. Even if we are talking about money, they will be on fire. The only time I will minister and your heart will not burn is when I don't align with those beings. Because when I begin to minister, the moment I stand up, they are activated. And they stand with me and they are waiting for me to align so that we can begin to minister to them. And most times, for me to align, I may take time to pray from the room. I will pray for long before I come out so that my, my tongue can be fluid. So when I come to the altar after praying, I begin to pick their signals. Sometimes they shoot a scripture into my soul. And if I begin talking from that scripture, as they are expounding the oracles of God, I will be flowing with them if I have prayed. Sometimes I don't have enough time to pray. So when I come to the altar, I will have to stay here and worship for a while so that I can connect to their frequencies. And when I'm connecting to these frequencies, most times they are in pairs. I've understood over time. There are those who are aggressive. And there are those who are calm. All the angels that work with me are usually in pairs. 
Sometimes they come aggressively and as I'm talking, the place is exploding. And sometimes they come very calm. So when I want to teach and I'm worshipping, I'm waiting to find out which of them will minister to me. Because if they don't minister to me, I can't minister to the people. When the aggressive beings begin to minister to me, I become violent. If you don't know me, you will say, this boy is arrogant. If you don't know me, you say, this young man is proud. If you don't know me, you say, this man is, they gragra is too much. It's not gragra. We are not trying to create, it's a movement. It's an alignment pattern. I'm telling you this so you will know how to activate your tools. Because I told you, many young men will leave this place and they will be empowered for exploit. The glory of a meeting is not the number of people that came for the conference. The glory of the meeting is how many had encounters that they will take out of the conference and affect their territory. Because the reason we are having a conference is not because of the hall. It's because of the territory. And when we finish a conference and the territory is the same, we waste people's time. When we finish a conference and there is no alteration in the territory, in the mountains of influence, that conference was not profitable. We can snap pictures with a full auditorium. We didn't do anything. That's why the masters of old that worked in the patriarchal order, their goal was encounter, not people. So Jesus can walk with 500 men for three and a half years. We are wondering. A crowd followed you every day. Why did you zoom into 500? Because it is those that can receive mantles and graces that will be relevant. And when he wanted to go, he ignored the crowd. And he gathered around the few and said, go into all the worlds. That's when they now understood why he spent more time with them. Because the goal was not about the meeting. The goal was about raising the men that can go into all the worlds. And the way you will do that is to master your weapon. Because if you don't master your weapon, you will come to church for 30 years. And at the end of the day, you will have a record that you are the oldest deacon in the church. <laughs> you will come to church for 30 years. And for 30 years, you will still be waiting for people to lay hands on you before you travel. When you want to do a business, you will wait for somebody. You must wait until they pour oil. You have not grown. But for you to do that, you must master your weapon. So the second reason we worship is so that we can align with our partners that empower us to... So we don't worship just... You know, when, I, when a new angel is added to me, my songs change. Because all of them have their order and dynamics. also begin to heal their bodies and change their circumstances. And so I discovered that it was beaming and increasing. And it appeared on my head. I fell on the floor. My heart ne those of you praying to see angels, tell God to strengthen your heart first because you may, you may see something and have high BP. The, the ceiling was not tall. I was standing close and the light, I, I, felt, the, I fell down. I rolled on the floor and tried to run from the room. That was when I discovered I was immobilized. 
and my legs became numb and I couldn't move. And then the Holy Ghost began to talk to my heart that a visitation had come. Now, that visitation brought those angels. And what they do is that when I'm ministering and they want to begin to heal the sick, there are two operations. The other one likes a calm atmosphere. So I begin to sing hymns. Meanwhile, I didn't take time to learn hymns when I was growing up. So, sometimes I will just sing only one stanza of the hymn and repeat it again and again because I didn't know the hymns. But that's the sound the angel is walking on. He wants hymns and I don't know hymns. So, I will be singing. I will just be singing one, that one stanza. When the road is called up yon, I will just be there. And just be singing that one stanza. Because that's where the angel is. When I'm singing the hymns, the angel is, is the, the ray of light on the angel will begin to beam more. And as it's increasing, it's saturating the environment. As the angel begins to saturate the environment, I cannot begin to see. And say, somebody is on this road. There is a growth on your chest. I didn't, I was blind until the angel began to beam. As the angel is beaming, I can look at the left and say, on the third row here, there's somebody in your ear. It's like there's a noise in your ear. If I continue sense with that sensitivity and it's growing, a point can come, I can x-ray the auditorium. Not because I've become a prophet. Because I will still grow there. God told me that's the last office he will take me to. The office of a prophet. I've not grown into that office. That's my own order. But an angel is at work. And then the other one comes with violence. If he shows up, he begins to move everywhere with energy. And I know how to align with that angel. What I do is that I start singing praise and worship. If I'm singing that song, <laughs> growth will vanish from people's body. Growth like this, as big as this, will dematerialize. And then I'm singing the song and jumping everywhere. I now discovered what the fathers of old knew. That not everything is read in the book. Some things are caught on the mountains of encounter. You can't teach it. You can't teach it. You have to journey there to walk in it. So I want to show you why we travel. That's why I began this story. So that we know that some things are not read in the book. When we pray in the spirit, the goal is not to pray for five hours. You know, we are talking about until Zion travel. And you will think that until Zion travel is to come and be not in your head. And pray for seven hours. That's the kindergarten level. When you begin to grow in this journey, you will discover that there are portals in the spirit. There are doorways that we travel through prayer. That the prayer you are praying is not a religious activity. You know, Jesus spoke about the Pharisees. He said they long to stand by the street corner and pray for long. Because they think they will be here heard for their long prayers. Jesus was not talking against long prayers. Because in the evening, I will talk to you about stamina in the place of prayer. When I begin to talk about the dynamics of travail, we are not against long prayers. There are many things you can't enter until you tarry for long. But the emphasis we are giving is that prayer is not just about how long you pray. It's about the access that you secure as you begin to join in the path of prayer. So if you don't know that what you are doing is a transport system, you will remain on earth, not in your head. Why those who understand that they are trying to enter into a gate, the moment they begin to pray, they are focusing on where they are going to. And while they pray, they will now begin to pray from heaven. You, you will be praying on earth. All of you will pray in tongues for five hours. 
but one was praying from encounter the other one was praying on it because his goal was to mark time somebody else has ascended because if you don't understand why Zion travel your job will not be about traveling imagine a woman who is in labor and then her joy is that she's in labor she wants everybody to know that she's in labor she will go and carry biscuits she will be shouting she will be crying the goal is not labor the labor is a protocol that activates birth and if betting does not take place the labor is a waste the labor itself will become a burden for her you know when the labor begins you want your husband to know that this thing is painful you will lie down like this and when they are begging you say hey, hey, hey. you I, I i'm already see when you marry you you will tell your wife i know labor is painful but please don't exaggerate it so that we will know exactly when there is emergency <laughs> Let's, we know, see, it will be callous for us to assume that this pain is not unbearable. But let's leave it as an unbearable pain. Because if you now exaggerate it, we won't know when there's an emergency. But the goal of the scripture in Isaiah 66 verse 8 is not traveling. It's the child that needs to come out. He said, as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Now, people don't understand why we travel. So a lot of people have made a name on traveling. So they want the whole world to know that they are prayer champions. They walk like this. So that you say, ah, this is man of prayer. If you walk in labor and no child comes, after a while you will die. Because the travail have a goal. The travail itself is not the goal. Many people walk like this. So that when you see them, you say, my God. What a man of prayer. A man of prayer is not known by his posture. It's known by the results around his life. <laughs> ah, there are young people here, so I need to tell you. You are emotional. When you become 40 years old, with three children, and a ministry that needs to grow, you will understand that the goal is not the prayer. Because you want, to, you want to be smart and put on Facebook. You want to have a name that you are the strongest man of prayer. If your praying does not bet, you wasted your life. I've seen people who pray and are destroyed because they don't know the goal of travail. The goal of travail is to bring forth your children. And when you begin to pray and your focus is not to bring forth and your focus just becomes prayer, 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 a day will come your destiny will waste. Because as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So I want to show you four reasons why we travail this morning. So that when you begin to travel, you will continue to travel every day. And I have taught before, you know I teach a lot on prayer. So we will never undermine prayer. We will never, and I told you, I will talk about the dynamics of prayer in the evening. I will tell you about stamina. I will tell you about intensity. I know all of those things. And they are all weapons in the spirit. But before we begin to talk about those things, we need to let you know where we are going. Because the end is not the prayer. The prayer is a means to an end. And until you can make that end your priority, you will waste the prayer enterprise. At best, your prayer, God will carry it and use it for another purpose, but you will not benefit. You know, the Bible said the prayers of the saints, it says, ascend to heaven as others, and they are stored up in golden vials. So God can spend from it, but you will never pro produce anything out of it. And you will not be relevant. Because as soon as I will travel, there was a goal God had in mind. It was to bring forth her children. 
there are many things that must be born when we begin to pray. Because if those things are not being born, it means we are in labor. But we are not producing results. And at the end of the day, if God wants to help you, what I'm about to do for some people now is that doctors will have to take you to the theater and carry out a cesarean session. Because the child must be brought out. That's what we are trying to do now. We want to bring out the children. Some of you have prayed for five hours, but your life, nothing has changed. The reason is because you have made prayer your goal. Now everybody calls you the man of prayer for your stagnant. So what God wants to do now is to send some of us as doctors to do a CS for your life so that we can bring out your destiny by force. Because that's your... Elohim Adonai. Elohim Adonai. We teach a lot on prayer, but we people don't know why they pray. So we make so much pride in praying. Some people say they are intercessors. Others say they are a prayer ministry. There's nothing like that in the Bible. The word intercessor is used once in scripture. In Isaiah 59, verse 16. You know why? Because every one of us is supposed to be an intercessor. There is no such thing as some of us pray. We we have grace for prayer. We we are people of prayer. All of us must be people of prayer. The reason you see some people pride themselves in prayer and some people even call themselves the people of prayer is because we don't know the purpose of prayer. If we know the purpose of prayer, you'll discover that he said pray without ceasing. He's talking to the whole church. So the whole church should be a people of prayer. There is no section of the church that are specially given to prayer. Because if you know the purpose of prayer, you discover that if you don't pray, your life will go nowhere. And so you will stop priding in prayers or making some people feel they are people of prayer. The disciples say we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the world. There is no such thing as some people are people of the world. They are revelation people. Why others are people of prayer? If you are a people of prayer, you are wrong. If you are a people of revelation, you are wrong. It is prayer and the ministry of the world. It goes together. Because the world has an end. The prayer also has an end. You will use both channels to arrive there. If you stop in the world and you are just quoting scripture every day, you stand, they say marriage, you quote 10. Meanwhile, you are not married. You are 40 years old, you are not yet married. But when they say marriage, you will begin to quote 10 scriptures on marriage. You don't know it. You stand, they say, God wants to prosper man. You begin to quote 15 scriptures on prosperity. There is no dime in your pocket. You don't know it. You think it's about the scripture. It is not about the scripture. It's an end. God used the scripture as a gateway to enter an experience. Meanwhile, you have not arrived the experience you are quoting the scripture. And then you are proud. They say, if it's Bible, leave this man. God is not looking for mobile Bibles. God is looking for men that will walk in the experience of God and the things he has offered men. They say, healing, you are quoting 15 scriptures on hell. Meanwhile, even headache, you need Panadol to survive. You don't know it. You have made a waste of the grace of God. Because you think it's about quoting scripture. That's the same thing that happens to a lot of people. When they say prayer, they say relax. How many hours? Seven hours. <laughs> and the moment they finish that prayer, they go back to ground zero. They don't know what prayer is. 
The same way the man is quoting scriptures without experience. That's the same way the other one is praying without any tangible experience. And these things happen to men because they don't know why the ministry of the word was given. They don't know why the ministry of prayer was given. And so before we understand travail, the dynamics of travail, which I'll be talking about in the evening, let's understand the purpose first. Because as soon as Zion travailed, there were things that Zion had to show. Zion did not just travail because the goal was not travail. The goal was children. So Zion had children to show as a testimony for her travail. If there are no children to show as a testimony of your travail, what you are doing may be a neighbor in the flesh. So, if you know the goal of prayer, when you begin to pray, you focus on it. Because you know you are on a journey. And as you focus on it, you begin to travel. And you get there. Praise the Lord. The first thing traveling does for us is that it opens us up to the will of God. When the man comes to the prayer altar, and I'm saying this, like I said from the beginning, not to undermine the place of praying, or praying the way you want to pray, or how long you want to pray. I'm, pray I'm saying this so that when you pray, you will know how to make the most of prayer. So when a man begins to pray, the way the prayer power works is that as you focus, you now begin to mobilize the energy in that direction. So when a man goes to pray and his focus is the prayer itself, he will generate energy but it will be within him. It will not be deployed. The moment he understands that the focus is not the prayer but what he wants to achieve, the prayer energy generated will now be stewarded to provoking a definite purpose which becomes a token for that prayer. What the Bible refers to in Isaiah 68 as the children of Zion, which is a product of Zion's travail. And the first is a perfect access to the will of God. When a man truly is praying and praying productively, one thing you will find in that man's life is an exact knowledge of the will of God concerning his life. So when we go to the place of prayer and we are traveling in prayer, if you find us praying for two days non-stop, three days non-stop, we don't want to leave a record for the world that we can pray for 72 hours. It's because there is a rich, a far-reaching will of God that we want to access. Maybe there is something God is saying about our generation that we have not yet secured. And we know that if we don't secure what God is saying, we will not be relevant. It's possible for a generation to be obliterated from the agenda of God. We saw that between Malachi and Matthew, 400 years of darkness existed because men could not find the will of God. Because God had completed prophecy. It was time for the betting of prophecy. The Messiah needed to come. So no prophet spoke anymore. They were waiting for the men who understood the will of God to receive the Christos. Because at that time, fulfillment of prophecy was supposed to be activated. But men didn't know the purpose of prayer. God was waiting for the John that we make the highway for the Lord. There was no need to prophesy about the Messiah anymore. The whole prophecies have been prophesied. But because nobody was ready to begin to create a way for the Lord, God was quiet. So 
400 years was in darkness. I pity the people that existed between those years. Because there was no man that could isolate the will of God. Until 400 years later, a man called Zacharias entered the tabernacle. And as he was carrying out oblations, the Bible said the angel Gabriel appeared to him and began to bring him good tidings from heaven. That this is no longer a time to prophesy. If you are prophesying now, you are wrong. The time to prophesy is over. This is the time to receive prophecy. Many of them were still looking for prophecy to write as scribes. They said, no, the scribes have finished their job. We have told the angels that bring the message of prophecy to go back. It's time for men to grow in faith to receive the prophecy. And so I am telling you that your wife Elizabeth will be with child. And that child will go in the spirit and in the power of Elias to prepare a way for the Lord. But the man didn't have faith. He was waiting for a prophecy to go and prophesy. So they made him dumb. Don't talk again. You people talk too much. You want to prophesy new prophecy. I'm telling you, prophecy is over. It's time to believe. But the man didn't know the purpose. So even though he was in the incense room doing oblation, he didn't know what God was doing. When the angel told him, he couldn't believe. So he was made dumb. The angel had to leave the prayer warriors. And he went to a virgin in Nazareth. And said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of the womb, Jesus. He said, You will be with child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, because God will save his people. And Mary did not argue. Mary was not a religious man that was doing incense in the altar. Say, How shall these things be? And he said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. And that thing that shall be formed in you shall be called the son of the highest. And Mary said something. He said, be done to me according to thy will. She understood what God wanted to do. If your prayer does not bring you to a place of understanding of the will of God, your prayer will become the reason why you will stop what God is doing. That is why the Pharisees fought what God was doing. Because they were still waiting for prophecy. When God was already fulfilling prophecy. When a man begins to pray, his first focus, which makes his prayer efficacious, is to open himself and say, what is the will of God? What is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God for Onisha? What is the will of God for Africa? If he puts that in front of him and he's praying, even if it's for 100 hours, that prayer will bet a child. Because the will of God that he has set his heart to seek becomes a gestation period. So 10 hours, 100 hours, 300 hours will become productive because the goal of prayer is to secure the will of God. And the reason is because the will of God is usually a secret of God. In Psalm 25 verse 14, he said, The secrets of the Lord, they are with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. So when we go to pray, we know that there is a secret that God has kept for those who will seek him. So our idea behind traveling is to press into God until we find that secret. Now, if that is not your focus, you can be traveling for 20 hours and they say, why are you praying? You don't know. You are just generating energy that will produce no result. When you come to pray, there is a betting that must take place. And the first of it is to know the will of God. So when they ask you any day, any time, what does God want you to be? You don't need to think about it. You know it. Because you have prayed for 10 years. You can tell it in seasons. You can tell the man that God wants me to go to Onisha when I'm 24. 
and why God wants me to go to Onisha is because this and this is what God wants me to do. And God told me by the time I'm 28 years old, this and this and this will happen. So when I'm praying, I'm trying to decode my purpose from eternity. I'm trying to isolate the will of God for my existence from eternity. So when I am 15 years old, I know where to go to. My life is not a life of a wanderer. We don't wander about when sons are sojourning. Is in search of inheritance because they have seen it in the spirit. Get thee out of thy father's house. Get thee out of thy kindred. Get thee out of thy land and come to the land that I will show you. And in blessing, I will bless thee. Out of thee shall nations of the earth be blessed because I have made thee a father of many nations. You have been praying for years, but you don't know the will of God for your life. You don't know the will of God for Onisha. You have lived in Onisha for 25 years. You still don't know what God is doing. Today, one prophet shows up and tells you this. Another one shows up and tells you a contradiction. Today, somebody comes and tells you, go here, go here. And you are being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So, the reason a man can have stability in his life is because through prayer, he has found the will of God. So, 20 prophets can prophesy to you, you will not be confused. Because the prophecy that will move you is the prophecy that brings confirmation to what you caught when you were engaging the prayer enterprise. When you see people deceived, it's because they don't know prayer. When you see people deceived, it's because their prayer enterprise have not yet isolated the will of God for them. You see many ladies stumble into confusion in life and destiny because two suitors came and they could not find the will of God. And they look at the one that looks as if he has a natural advantage. They didn't see into the three to five years. They didn't see it to 10 years. They don't know the will of God. People will remain confused when they don't know the will of God. And the reason people will remain confused is because they have not learned how to profit from a prayer enterprise. I have traveled. And I have sought God. As a young boy, I remember sometimes we travel to Lagos. And we are left with nothing. We call it faith then. Now I know better. <laughs> That you are, you are 19 years old, 20 years old. You are traveling to a city you know nobody. And you are empty. You call him. Thank God he sent his angels to save us. We would have died. And then we'll go for these conferences without money to eat. We will be there. Sometimes we will sleep on the field. And somebody will just show up. I don't know if this, these beings must be angels. Now I realize. And sometimes somebody will give you money, it's enough for your transport to go back home. You don't even bother. When the conference is about to finish, you don't even remember what you will do. If my father knew those days, I know he would have chained me in the house. Because he would say, this boy wants to kill me. You know. I've traveled. Most of the people who become useless in life come out of prayer ministries. When their mates are putting their hands to work for God to bless. When their mates are going to school. When their mates are doing productive things. Sometimes they sit down from morning to night and say they are praying. There's nothing wrong with praying. But they were not taught how to make profit from prayer. And so they pray for seven years. And after seven years, sometimes the ministry now leave them behind. Because the ministry have grown and they are no longer relevant. And then you see young men 
in lamentation, in pains, and in grief, becoming useless because they were praying. Why? They didn't know the purpose of prayer. When they came to pray, they told them, if you are not serious, get out of here. We are praying seriously. And then they become more serious. And they pray seriously for five years. And after five years, they are serious illiterates. They are serious dependents. After five years, they are seriously confused. And they don't know which step to take. And then they are now looking for other people to save their lives. And when people don't take responsibility for them, they now become bitter. You have no right to be bitter. You made your choices. You want to be relevant through prayer. And you need to know that prayer is a must if you will be relevant. But if you want to be relevant through prayer, you must pray with the consciousness of the will of God. Because one of the reasons we travail is to find the will of God. So if you have been praying for six months and you don't know the will of God, you need to put away the noise. When you come for the prayer meeting, sometimes the prayer point they are raising, is you don't need it. The person raising those prayer points is excited. Leave him with his excitement and zero into God. Because what you are coming to do is that you want to isolate the counsel of God for your life. That was how the fathers of old prayed. The Bible said, Moses came to Horeb, the mountain of God. But Moses had a body in his heart. How? What do you want to do concerning Israel? And so the moment God appeared, that was the first subject matter God visited. The Bible spoke concerning Jeremiah. When he encountered God, he said, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you to be a prophet. If you study the scripture, all the wise men of old, their prayer enterprise brought them to the mountain where the, the will of God for their life was read to them like a book. That's why they were never confused. And that's why they made impact in their generation. You are praying and your goal is that you have prayed for five years. You will waste. Because the men of old, they didn't tell you how long they prayed. They prayed into specific purposes. And when they came out of the mountain of God, they knew like their name what God wanted them to do. So Moses who ran out of Egypt, when he went to the altar of prayer and found God, he knew that his destiny was in Egypt. He turned back. Because prayer had taught him that life was not creativity. Life was to tap into the frequency of the utterances of God concerning you before you were born. Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, before you were you were, you were the sperms, the spermatozoa, and the ovaries connected. There was a, a, an angel in the studios of eternity that screwed your destiny and said, Nathaniel, you will live in Onisha and you will be a prophet. When you came into earth, you have not heard it. So what you are doing on the prayer altar is to find out what was altered in the studios of eternity. You didn't come here to pray because men are praying. You are not a religious man. You are a man on an expedition. Digging into the oracles of God to find out there are 8 billion men on earth, but I am one man that God spoke about. What was uttered about me? I will not stop until I find it. That is when you travel in the spirit. I know there are over 4 million people in Onisha, but God said something concerning me. He said, You were fearfully and wonderfully made. What did He say when He created me? Isaiah said, I and the children that the Lord has given to me, we are for signs, we are for wonders. So if anything other than signs and wonder happen in our life, it's an aberration. You can't journey that far until you travel to prayer. What did God say when he formed you? 
you are not disadvantaged but you don't know how to use the weapon of prayer you still think prayer is about time i prayed in tongues for 10 hours what does that mean i prayed in tongues for three days what does that mean if there is nothing you are zooming into there are many confused people in the world because they've not been taught what prayer is about we just talk prayer but we don't know what it's about before john was born his destiny was uttered but he had to go find it they say he was in the wilderness until the day of his showing forth unto israel paul said the one that sent me he said when he pleased god to reveal christ in me i conferred not with flesh and blood i went into arabia it was an expedition exercise i want to know what is uttered because there are many men who love you genuinely but will ruin your life some people can ruin your destiny with love when god is saying go to lagos they say remain here i love you why do you want to leave us alone it is not about love it's about the journey of destiny i must travel but for me to travel i must find the will of god that's why men leave their fathers and their mothers because there's a new government that must be formed it's called the will of god sometimes when you want to take the step of destiny hell will break loose because men will want to destroy you they don't think you have the right to be relevant they will do everything manipulate people do all kinds of things to ridicule you but when you know the will of god even when you are being crucified you can be fulfilling destiny because jesus fulfilled destiny when he was crucified he said in luke 29 luke 9 28 he said as he prayed the passion of his countenance was altered his dream began to blister and there appeared unto him moses and elias and they revealed to him what he must do in jerusalem so even when they were crucifying jesus he knew that crucifixion is not palatable but that's the will of god for him if you don't isolate it in prayer sometimes when the heat of destiny comes you will run when you make the step everybody loves you everybody speak good of you until you want to make the journey of destiny then you begin to hear things like you are ambitious you begin to hear things like you are a rebel then you begin to hear things like you are you are you are evil you begin to hear things like you are fake if you didn't see it on the prayer altar you can't stand the pressure you will turn back kneel down and apologize but that apology will be the grave of your destiny if you have seen it in the spirit it doesn't matter who is talking hell can break loose but you will stand your ground you will not be moved because what you saw you didn't see it on earth you saw it in the heights of the heavens where men have no power to alter prayer is not a religious thing it's god's strategy for isolating the will of creation and everyone that understands the protocol of travail know that the primary reason for travail is to isolate the will of god if you put these vis-a-vis with your prayer enterprise most of you will be shocked that even though you have been praying and you have been in that prayer ministry for two years you are still confused because you have been motivated to pray but you have not been told the purpose of prayer and some of you will leave this conference and the next one month what you will achieve through prayer will be greater than what you have in one month will be greater than what you have achieved in prayer in three years because now when you go to pray it's not about the arrogant display no it's not about the picture to put you online no it's about the definite will of god i know it said something about me because he said even the hair of 
of your head they are numbered if it was meticulous enough to number the hair on my head is it my destiny that he forgot about there was a man called Japheth even the mother named him as pain because he was better than pain he looked as if he had no destiny Israel rejected him but when he found the will of God and gave himself to it a day came he became the savior of Israel the elders sat together and went to consult with him there's a man called Jephthah they went to consult with him they said come and lead us how can a rejected man suddenly become a leader he found the will of God when you don't pray to the will of God your travail have not produced a child the goal of prayer is not the travail it's the child that is produced and when you know this is the purpose of prayer you will even pray more that's why I tell you we don't discourage prayers but we tell you why if you know that the prayer is not just about the prayer meeting you will not even be encouraged to come before anybody come you will be there praying before they start the opening prayer you will already be praying why? because you are seeking something that is bigger than you you want to find what God said about you you want to find your path in destiny you want to find, find your role in your generation and I tell you if you do it early then you are wise Then you are wise. here now and I say you come let me lay hands on you you will say you are blessed yes you are blessed but that is nothing compared to what God wants to do in your destiny you can be in your bedroom and break into something that is eternal and the whole world will come looking for you it's bigger than impartation I can tell you come out let me speak over you you'll be blessed those are peanuts those are messy drops when men know what God has given to them, you can kneel in your room and your knee becomes like the knee of a camel. And in your room, you can open a gate that will bless a generation. The same things that men pursue, they will keep it at your feet. And then you wonder, what happened? You mastered the way of prayer and you prayed with purpose. You didn't just pray, but you prayed into things. You prayed into offspring. And those offspring are the things your generation will look for. Your generation will not look for your prayer. They will look for the children that come out of your prayer. That's why you look for men that have anointings. Those anointings were crystallized from the altars of prayer. That's why you look for men that have prophecies. Because they backed them in the place of prayer. That's why you look for men that could change things. Those things that you celebrate, they are the offsprings of prayer. Those were the things they backed who told you that it was just about the prayer? The prayer was to take you somewhere. Because there is something that only you can bring to your generation. But it's your responsibility to find it. And one of the ways to find spiritual things is by You know sometimes when you begin to pray, 
Then the angels join you. You now discover that your tongues change. That's why Paul said, we speak the tongues of angels. Because when you journey far, then you will come into the cocoons where those beings of eternity dwells. And then you'll find angels that carry scrolls. And then they look at you and they begin to read it. As they are reading those scrolls, you will hear it in your spirit. And you will discover the tongues you are speaking. They are no longer the tongues they taught you when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those tongues will become the oracles of your destiny. And you will find out that you are speaking language that is not of the earth. You are, you are, you are lifted to the angelic dimension. Those tongues, you can't repeat them. Because those tongues, they are heavier than prophecies. They are messages to a generation. And the demons know that when sounds like that come into the earth, it means there is about to be an emergency. And suddenly, the man who went to pray was a carpenter. But the one that came out became a light of the world. And he said, the land of Zabudon, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people that sat in darkness, they have seen a great light. How come he was there for 30 years? But there was darkness because he had not entered the file. The files are encrypted. The angels will lock it. Only men of prayer can open it. When John prayed, he said, I saw in the heavens and a seal was broken. Every time seals are broken in heaven, something happened on earth. Those seals are the oracles of God. They are the secrets that holds creation together. They are the secrets that the foundations of the earth rest upon. And when wise men begin to pray, they want to travel there and see what God did when he fabricated the foundations of the universe. And they want to have a part in it. That's why we pray. It's not about capital letter tongues. It's not about loud tongues. It's the tongue that journeys man. You'll come there and you'll find out. And sometimes you are praying your prayer until a beam arrests you. And then he takes your poker call. Kalulia Benak. Engolaku Magagadi Gindaya Kumanak. Eveleru Kinakalos. Aragadira Wundi Malakaide. Uliana Mondo. Agasuze. Havina Angro Nakadi. Hililamai. Nahungran Hati. Akulala. Ubele. Gususuzuganakatini. Anzoso. Zazazina. Higarune. Kayanda Kuragatata. Hamalea. Ohula Taya. What you are doing? You are shaping Onisha. The thought that ritualists will take over the land. But what you did, you have, you have aligned with the armies of heaven. And what you are doing, you are releasing weapons into the territory. Somebody may just be sleeping, but that your prayer will provoke an encounter for the person. Because your will, the will of God for you is to open gates for men. You are an access point. You are a bridge in the spirit. You are an activator of portals. Many encounters that will happen on the land will be because you are praying. Because the reason Paul had an encounter with Jesus was because Ananias was praying. And that was why when Jesus met Paul, he had to send him back to the man that opened the gates. He said, go, you will be told what you must do. That's the man that decoded it. So Ananias may not be a great apostle like him, but it's because of men like Ananias that apostles emerge. No apostle is born by chance. Apostles are activated by intercessors with specific mandate to raise apostles. It said concerning the Epaphras, he said the church in Colossus is standing perfect. Not because the pastors are good teachers. It's because of your prayer. But you can't find such hallowed wheels, hallowed dimensions. Do you know why the Bible said, when we go to heaven, you will find some men. He said the word is not worthy for their names to be mentioned. You may not clap for them as apostles. You may not clap for them as prophets. But when they were growing, 
they discover that they are not kings, but they are kingmakers. That's why they will not be under pressure. They may be the ones that taught you in foundation school. Now they are inviting you everywhere, giving you seats of cars. They will not be moved. When men are jealous, it's because they've not found their will. When you see competition, it's because they've not found their will. Kingmakers are not moved. They know that who you are is because of who they are. They may not be known, but they are bigger. And God depends on such men. When God wants to enter eternity, He consults with them. You are saying we are healing the sick, we are raising the dead. You don't know how that anointing came. When those gatekeepers go, a generation ends. So the men that open the gates of a generation, they may not be the preachers. The reason new generation begin is because the keepers of the gates are changed. One man may be in the territory praying for 40 years and things are happening. When Jesus is born, he will say, now I can rest. Now, Simeon say what? Now I can rest in peace for my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. That means he was the one that would determine when that era will end. And the moment the man bowed down, salvation was activated. He ended that era. The apostolic move that we are talking about today was born by some men. And we will continue with this move maybe 30 years later. When their time on earth is over, they will now tell God, it's time to go home. If they go, if you like, that, that may be the day they anoint you as an apostle. The apostolic era has ended. Another move will begin. Because the gatekeepers have gone. They know the assignment. Hope you know, seven, eight years ago, it was the prophetic move that was written in Nigeria. Every crusade, they are calling words of knowledge, forensic, forensic prophecy. Now nobody cares whether you give forensic prophecy. The keepers of that era, they have gone home. That dimension still remains. But now, God is bringing revelation because he wants to mature men. So you can come for a conference, they are not calling names and phone numbers, but crowd gather. You say, what is happening? Now God wants to mature men. He wants to raise an army. So only men who understand the secrets of God will be relevant. And when God is done maturing men, the gatekeepers that are holding the gate, when they go back, the era will be closed. But you cannot travel deep enough to know God's will for your life like that until you master and maximize prayer. He say, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Prayer is not just about time. Time is important because you have to be there long enough to know. But beyond time, it's about knowing the will of God. There are some people that discover the will of God for themselves when they are 50 years old, when they are 60 years old, and suddenly you begin to wonder, how come? That was when they discovered it. So it's not something for the young or the old. It's something for those who will find it. And when you find it, he said, then you will be recovered. But many don't know why. The goal of prayer is to isolate the will of God. There are some of you here that your job is to activate spiritual gifts. But you don't know yet. You think you are a singer. And when you come to sing, it's about a good voice or the rainy song. When you sing, prophets should be born. When you sing, deliverance mantles should fall. But if you don't pray, you may never know. And all your life, you will sing good songs until you go to heaven. And then when you go to heaven, they will now read your scroll. And say, there is something we put on your tongue for activating men, but you never used it. 
Some of us, we may not be preachers. Our job will be for a witness. That we just come to a generation and tell them what God wants to do. And because people hear it, they wake up into their ordination. But we may not know. You know, when they met John, they said, that man you baptized across the Jordan. He said, he's baptizing men and all men are going to him. Thinking John will be jealous. Do you know why we fight in church? We fight in church because of insecurity. And so there are some people that have made it their job. When they discover that you are insecure, they will now go and tell you stories that will boost that insecurity. Then you now wake up with yourself and you begin to strike everybody. That's why God takes time to give men authority. Because the man who has the scepter can destroy many people. And many times, the reason men with scepter destroy men is because they didn't deal with flesh. So those around them will keep pampering that flesh and allowing them to use the scepter to do it. Hope you read about Daniel in Babylon. The king was the one with the scepter. But the other people now came and spoiled his heart concerning Daniel. He was compared to throw Daniel into the lion's den. Many people with scepter have been used because they've not dealt with flesh. Insecurity is much. And that's why we fight in church. But these things will happen when our will is not completely defined. They came to John and told him, that same man you baptized, that you validated, that you gave accreditation to, he's now baptizing people, doing the same thing you are doing, and luring everybody to go to him. Even two of John's disciples followed Jesus Christ. John had every reason to be angry. So, I, I, I baptized you, I ordained you, I announced you to people, you now came to take my disciples away. John knew what was said concerning him. He said, I must decrease while he was increased. He said, the one that sent me, the same said unto me, upon whom I see the Spirit descending as a dove, he is the Messiah. I have finished my work. This one I'm doing now, I'm just waiting for God to carry me. For such a man, he cannot be insecure because he has seen what was written about him. So, even if you try to make him kill somebody, they won't have your time. The only time John will be disturbed is when you are not doing what he was told you will do. So he will send and say, are you the one to come? Or do we expect another? And Jesus quoted back to him from Isaiah. Go and tell him, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead is raised back to life and the gospel is preached. When John heard it, he rested. What is the will of God for your life? What was written concerning you? I tell you, it's a difficult thing to find. Because when you go to heaven, you will see many scrolls. Maybe your scroll, your scroll is under, under 10 million scrolls. You have to trouble that gate. You know, Jesus said, he that knock, the door will be open. You have to trouble that gate for the keeper to open it and read your scroll for you. You will remain confused in destiny if you don't understand that one of the primary purpose of travel so that you can bring forth children and the first child you will be born is not the one that looks like you with two ears two eyes it's not the one you barb the same hairstyle you barb your first son is not natural your first son is the purpose of God for your life if you have not better that child you have no right to born a natural child because it will destroy both your destiny and his destiny. That's why many people give birth to their children today and at the age of 12, they bath the same hairstyle and they are going to a club, they carry the innocent child too. And they are in the club. They are taking selfie. 
that boy is a prophet. But the father who is a priest does not know he's a priest. So he gave birth to a natural child without giving birth to purpose, the will of God and destiny. So he's destroying both his destiny and the destiny of that child. It will take a lot of spiritual investment for that child to be delivered. You see many women today, their children is three years old. They are dressing and naked already. Because they, they want to appear fashionable. And then you see a small girl of three years, almost naked. The tummy is outside. They are already mentoring that child in the way of iniquity. Because those women didn't find the will of God. When they Hannah give birth to a child, they will take that child to the temple. Because before the Samuel came, he was already told that this one will be a prophet and a Nazarite unto God. When you see women mentor their daughters in iniquity, it's because they themselves didn't find the will of God. When we bring men into the place of prayer, we want them to understand the will of God. And if you don't understand the will of God, anything you have will destroy you. Influence, money, access, favor, all of it will destroy you. But today, most of you will pray and you will find the will of God. Ah, what's the time? Ah, it's 12.30. We're out of time. We're out of time. I came with five, but we're out of time. I'm, I'm saying this so you know why we pray. When we say there's prayer meeting, come and pray for 10 hours. The focus is not 10 hours. We may advertise 10 hours to prepare your heart that this thing is a marathon. But even we know that the goal is not 10 hours. You are not permitted to leave that prayer hall until God whispers to your heart. Else, it was a waste. When we say we are praying for three days, the goal is not 72 hours. We want you to stay long enough because we know you are distracted. So we need to keep you there for long, fasting and praying. Maybe it's on the, at the 70th hour that you will leave the flesh. And because we are inviting many people, we take for granted that they are spiritual. So we elongate the time so that they will stay long enough. So that both the spiritual and the carnal will be there until their will break. Because it's until your will break, you can't find the will of God. So we will keep you for 72 hours. When you tarry, maybe it's on the third day that you will receive your encounter. And those who receive their encounter from the first hour, they will still be there. God will be having strategies. But the goal is not the time. You must find your destiny for yourself. Quit the nonsense of waiting for a prophet to come to you and narrate the story of your future. Everything a prophet tells you is a confirmation. If a prophet talks to you and it's confirmation, you will not work in it. Because you are not yet qualified for it. That thing that prophet told you will only bet longer for you to go and prepare for it. I have friends of prophets. I love prophets. I listen to prophets. I talk with prophets. I encourage prophets to minister to me. But over and above all, they are confirmation. In fact, if a prophet gives me a word that God has not told me before, I become careful. Why? It means I am not keeping pace with the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm keeping pace with the Holy Spirit, He should have told me. Where am I that matters of my own destiny? God is telling somebody to tell me. This is not pride. Because sometimes God can hide your destiny away from you. I understand all of that. 
who are telling you primarily many things about your destiny will be revealed to you. Go and read the scripture. Go and read the scripture. You will discover most of the men that made impact, God spoke to them about what they should do. Don't leave this world until God has spoken to you about your destiny. And the way to do that is to marry the prayer altar until God begins to speak to you. The first child we bet as we travel is the will of God. You can be doing what you love, but it's not the will of God for you. That you love it does not make it God's will for your life. That's why you are 20 years old now. You have already desired three different things. When I was a small boy, I said I would be a pilot. Nothing impressed me in life like to fly a plane. When I see a plane, I say, I must, I must be a pilot. I will not leave this world until I fly a plane. If you take me to a piloting school now, it's a distraction. Even if God blesses me with a plane now, I will never fly it. It's a waste of time. My job is to give value to people's destiny. You should have dreams, and I'm not talking against it. But I'm saying, if it's not consistent with the will of God, He will show you His own blueprint. And don't leave this world until you find that blueprint. Bow your heads and pray. Elohim, Elohim Adonai. Elohim, Elohim Adonai. Elohim, Elohim Adonai. the second purpose of prayer to activate powers for destiny there are different kinds of powers that are in your spirit man it's only when you pray that they will activate it there's what we call dunamis there's what we call energesia there's what we call kratos there's what we call endunamo there's what we call endutero there's what we call metanayo there are different kinds of power for destiny when you begin to pray you will turn it from one cater of power to another cater of power. Dunamis is the power to cause changes. Kratos is the power to consistent living. Elutero is the power that delivers you from the forces of life. And Dunamo is the power that activates destiny. Metanayo is the power that transforms. All of these powers, they are activated on the prayer altar. There is a power you need to be able to prosecute destiny. When we pray, we are not playing. We are doing serious business. First, to find out what God said. And secondly, to generate energy to bring it to pass. That's why I say God is able to do. Exceed it abundantly. Above all you can ask God to, according to the power that is at work on your inside. Your destiny is at the message of the power at work on your inside. If you don't activate that power, you will know you are a prophet, you will never become. You will know you are a leader, you will never become. You will know you are favored, you will never have it. Because there is a power that must bring it forth. Prayer is serious business. It's too important. We 
to play.
to you and their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed you say to call upon you and you will answer and you say you will not just answer but you will show us great and mighty things that we know not of the 
prophet said, I will stand upon my watch to see what he will say to me. This morning, I release upon your children first, the grace to carry. And secondly, the grace not just to tarry, but to tarry with purpose until they see the will of God. Please be quiet. From the left to the right. There's a wind about to blow here in the next two minutes. From the left to the right, from the front to the back, even to the overflow as a sign some of you will be blown off and as you are blown off you have visions both inside and outside Holy Spirit blow upon us ushers you can help them and bring them so that I just touch them the wind of purpose the wind of destiny. Please don't be dramatic. God himself will touch you. Please. Touch! It's becoming heavy. It's blowing. It's blowing. As much as you can, please don't be dramatic. Something tangible is about to happen. Holy you were blessed by the message you just listened to and wish to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. Kindly repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, and that he died for my sins and was raised from the dead for my justification. I therefore confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I am born again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you just say this prayer, please send us an email on amodiscipleship at gmail.com or reach us on our website, orocomichael.com to enable us to reach you and afford us the privilege to disciple you. God bless you.